lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre here with me as well as Todd Erzin. The number here at The Blaze, 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's the email address. You can try, emphasis on try, liking us on Facebook. I had hoped Since everything else, all these other restrictions are being lifted right now, I had hoped Facebook would lift the shadow ban. So far, the answer is no. You know, it's kind of comforting, though. It's a sign of normalcy. There is is something uniquely comforting about still getting spanked by Facebook's uh, account. You're right. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. It's the little things in a time of crisis yep. you learn to appreciate. The last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample or share, uh, just go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. youtube.com slash Steve Dace. It, that is what it is, right? Slash Steve Dace. Okay, wanted to make sure. All right. All right, coming up a little bit later uh, in this hour, we're going to discuss some lessons we are learning from this coronavirus panic, uh, pandemic, outbreak, crisis, whichever term you prefer to use, overreaction, whichever. Um, But we've already learned a few lessons from this, which we are likely to memory hole later, which is why I want to get them on the record right now. Okay, we're going to talk about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we are going to look, uh, we're going to have a unique fake news or not. We're going to look at one panel that recently aired on television going back and forth on the politicization of the coronavirus outbreak, pandemic, overreaction, uh, you know, whichever term you're using in your home, okay? And and then we're just going to have our own panel conversation and react to it here uh, in studio. You guys ready for that? Yeah. That'll be for fake news or not coming up a little bit later on. And then we're going to end on a high note with the movie theaters around the country closing today. I hope that you got a chance to get out to see the new movie, I Still Believe. We're going to talk about it today uh, in Pop Culture Tuesday because it, I think it's an extraordinary film. I, I was blown away by how good it was. I was shocked, especially because it is not necessarily my go-to genre. All right? So we will talk about that and more. But first, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by another Wuhan coronavirus update. We'd much rather be ahead of the curve than behind it. And that's what we are. Therefore, my administration is recommending that all Americans, including the young and healthy, work to engage in schooling from home when possible. Avoid gathering in groups of more than 10 people. Avoid discretionary travel and avoid eating and drinking at bars, restaurants and public food courts. President Trump was also asked how long he expects this thing to last. It seems to me that if we do a really good job, uh, we'll not only hold the death down to a a level that is uh, much lower than the other way, had we not done a good job. Uh, But people are talking about July, August, something like that. 
So it could be right in that period of time. Stocks had another terrible day yesterday, finishing by completely wiping out gains made during the last three years. The Dow Jones dropped nearly 3,000 points on the day. 4,600 cases have been confirmed in the United States of the virus with 85 deaths. That's according to Johns Hopkins. Checking in on New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio, after ordering all public establishments closed to stop the spread of the virus, was spotted at the gym yesterday morning. CNN asked him about it. Twitter lost its mind. I don't get it, but we'll move on with our lives. The gyms are all closed now, Allison. Yes, I know that the gyms are closed. Is there any sense that you were late personally to get your arms around what the, the sacrifice that's required? No, everyone is going to have to make sacrifice. But as our health commissioner said yesterday, people still are in new ways are going to have to get exercise. Uh, whatever scenario, we're going to tell people how to stay healthy. It, it may be a walk. It may be a jog, but obviously socially distanced. Until and unless we get to the point of literally ordering everyone indoors. So this is going in stages. Somehow people are going to have to stay healthy and sane through this. And it's going to take a lot of improvisation for sure. New York, New Jersey and Connecticut have enacted an 8 p.m. curfew because you can't catch the virus before then. China's state run news agency tweets. Racism is not the right tool to cover your own incompetence. They know us so well. ISIS has told its followers not to travel to Europe for attacks because of the coronavirus. Mitt Romney proposed sending a $1,000 check to every American in a bid to boost the economy during the virus outbreak. In Ohio, the Cuyahoga County Court released hundreds of inmates from the Cuyahoga County Jail over the weekend due to the coronavirus. Judges there are concerned about the virus spreading through the jail. Judges held special sessions on Saturday morning to settle cases with guilty pleas and release them outright or on house arrest. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine filed a suit yesterday in a bid to postpone the Ohio primaries, which were scheduled to take place today. A judge dismissed that suit. Later, at the behest of the governor, the Ohio health director defied the aforementioned judge's ruling and postponed the primary anyway, obviously citing the public health risk. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, I was reliably informed you could not defy a judge. Me informaron de manera confiable que no podía Across the rest of the primary landscape, officials in Florida, Arizona, and Illinois say they're going to go ahead with today's vote despite the national emergency. DNC Chairman Tom Perez, your thoughts? It is your view that this can be safely conducted tomorrow. Who who have you been consulting to come to that view? Well, again, we didn't intervene in that case. No, I know. This is a state matter, but I'm asking your position as Tom Perez, the head of DNC. My, My understanding is you're saying you agree with the states that are going forward. Yes, we, we respect what they're doing. And uh, again, the point I'm making is uh, there's a broader issue here. And that broader issue is we ought to make it easier for people to vote. Speaking of Tom Perez, he was asked by Axios if pro-lifers have any place in the Democratic Party. You said every Democrat needs to support abortion rights and that it's not negotiable. Your words. Mm-hmm. Where does that leave someone like Governor Bell Edwards in Louisiana, pro-life, In your mind, does he belong in the Democratic Party? I respect uh, Governor Edwards. I profoundly disagree with his position on, uh, on this issue. Cardinal Timothy Dolan is a leader of the Catholic Church in America. He wrote this after you made those comments. It saddens me and weakens the democracy millions of Americans cherish when the party that once embraced Catholics now slams the door on us. Well, actually, the majority of Catholics voted for Democrats in 2016. So uh, uh, apparently the cardinal 
uh, may not understand that uh, you know Matthew 25 is a pretty important teaching. And Matthew 25 uh, says, you know, when you are hungry, I fed you. When you were naked, I provided you with clothing. When you were an immigrant, I welcomed you. I think one of the reasons why so many people are moving away from Donald Trump is that uh, he's abandoned all of those values. For something completely different, former New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady, boy, that's weird, announced this morning he's leaving the team for good. He made the announcement on Instagram. Brady is a free agent for the first time after spending 20 seasons with the Patriots and winning six Super Bowls. And finally, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on. See, the important thing is that you stay at home because there's a curfew now. Okay, no one is allowed out, especially someone that is like 72 years old. After you're 65, you're not allowed out of the house anymore in California. So we stay home and we eat here, right? Oh, yes, that's yummy. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger is urging all of us to stay indoors while he feeds his miniature pony and a donkey at his kitchen table. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage is brought to you by Rough Greens Vitasmart. Um, if you're going to be feeding your dog uh, in the house uh, the way Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, is feeding his in that absolutely ridiculous video. Those are not dogs. Uh, and they're not dogs, no. <laughs> um, uh, here's the thing with your dog's food. Uh, similar to our own food, it's stripped of a lot of the live organisms we need for nutritional value, right? So it's just tasty, but lacking those healthy microbacteria probiotics, prebiotics, and a lot of the other things that uh, that make it uh, nutritious in the first place. And that's because they need it for mass consumption. And they need it to have a, a two to three year shelf life. Same reason they stripped that out of our foods, which is the reason why so many of us are taking supplements nowadays. All right. Well, your dog needs that as well. And that's where Rough Greens Vitasmart comes in. It is not a dog food. It's a supplement to make your dog's food even better. And apparently it tastes great because our dog, Cap, absolutely loves it. We make it a part of his regimen every single day. And if you want to take the Rough Greens Vitasmart 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge, you can do so right now for just $14.95 to see the difference in your dog as well. $14.95, take the Rough Greens, that's R-U-F-F, Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge. When you go to roughgreens.com, again, that's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze. We are going to discuss the uh, the free agent decision of Tom Brady to move on from the New England Patriots in today's overtime, if only because we need another topic to discuss. I think all of us do right now. So that will be for later today for our Blaze TV subscribers, arguably America's greatest pro athlete since Michael Jordan. In fact, I don't even know that's arguable. Well, do you consider, I don't know, do you consider Michael Phelps a pro athlete, even though he's Olympian? How about American team sport athlete? Can we say that? Well, there's Patrick Mahomes, yeah. too. Okay. So we're talking about America's greatest uh, team sport athlete since Michael Jordan uh, in Tom Brady. Goodness. That's so ass. It's going to be a long couple months, man. <laughs> a long couple months. All right. We'll be discussing that and him moving on and what that may or may not mean and why Todd is systemically, endemically offended at this gesture at this move. We'll get into that today in the overtime. Uh, if you are a subscriber to Blaze TV, just go to blazetv.com slash dace. 
blazetv.com slash dace and you'll get to see it later today when it gets posted if you're not yet a subscriber to blaze tv and would like to become one go to that exact same website blazetv.com slash dace you can subscribe right there for a discount to get all of the exclusive content we produce each day here at blaze tv because right now many of us ain't got nothing but time right so we talked yesterday that our official show position is um, has been from the start of the year, assume you're being lied to. Um, we are going to ask critical questions. Um, and it, and the mere asking of them, some of you, given my inbox, are were, didn't seem to understand that the asking of the questions meant we don't know what the answers are and we're trying to find them. Uh, and we're like deeply offended that we would even dare ask questions. I am fascinated by the notion that you subscribe to a place like Blaze TV or listen to a podcast like this and are status pliable on that kind of a level. And maybe actually that's a good thing because you you need it you need a platform and a show like this maybe more than anybody more than, more than other people do. <laughs> All right, we're asking questions that we think should have answers. Okay, um, because we're changing our way of life here. Lives are being threatened. Livelihoods are being ruined with no assurance of when or if this will return. And I, I think the people deserve to get some answers. So here's a couple of questions I have today. Can someone explain to me why I am more likely to contract coronavirus until 7.59 p.m.? Does, does the virus die at dusk? Well, then, I mean, why, why, didn't, why didn't we just say so? Then? Do, do, do you know? Do you know why at, at, at apparently 8 p.m. at night, I am less susceptible to coronavirus? Do you know the answer to that, Todd? I do not. In fact, more people are out, generally during speaking, the during the week, yeah. during the day, during which the day. is when you would want to put limitations from a social distancing perspective. Okay, Aaron, what about you? No, um, I, I do know uh, if you, uh, you know, Thriller from Michael Jackson. Yeah. Isn't there, some, isn't there some instructions about things coming out at night to, to, to haunt you? Maybe that's what they're going off of? Yeah, but it starts with, it's after midnight is the opening line. Oh, so from yeah. 8 to 12, that yeah. still doesn't solve So that. you're good there. Yeah. I mean, I remember the old Iowa State and Michigan basketball coach, Johnny Orr, had the famous line, Nothing good happens after 1 a.m., coach, right? Okay, but I mean, what is, that's probably just like a good life verse in general. Nothing good happens after 1 a.m. But if you're out on the streets, but does anybody, and and so this one, I, 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 this one, I know the answer to, and so do you. This is about controlling people. That's what it's about. Because that's all. That's what it's about. People control. That, that's why you do it. And you have to decide whether the level of risk is worth the juice is worth the squeeze, as you know we like to say in the in 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 the in the world that uh, that I often operate in when it comes to raising money or candidates or media or uh, is the juice worth the squeeze is the level of tyranny being exemplified is it does it merit the what is the risk and that's not by the way 
to be perfectly fair, that is that is not a uniform construct. This is what always kind of separated me. One of the couple of things that separated me from Ron Paul, even though I read in, in, in that movement, even though I read something from him yesterday, I found fascinating. And if I'm in a particularly ornery move, I may even share it over the next couple of days. But I don't believe liberty is an absolute. I think liberty is earned. Right? I mean, that's why John Ad, or that's why Benjamin Franklin famously said it's probably an urban legend, but it's oft repeated. You know, when the woman asks him as he's leaving, you know, the, the Congress, hey, what kind of government y'all give us in there? What did he say? A republic if you can keep it. All right? So, so liberty is not an automatic state of being. It has to, it has to be achieved, obtained, and then maintained and earned. Um, but the question that needs to be asked as this proceeds further is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the amount of tyranny we are imposing here on people worth the situation? Like you made the conver- you made the mention yesterday, Todd. Of hey, if if we want, if he wants to go full FDR in World War II, we're at war here, man. And our way of life is at stake. And this is a pass fail exercise. Okay, let's roll. Right? If it's true, that's something hey, hey, I can get behind. Let's do. Yeah. Yeah, fire up the the national anthem and let's let's you know Team America. I'm a patriot. Lighting, like, kick the tires and light the fires. Right? Yeah. Okay. It is. It is. It is the fact that that's not what we're doing that we find. We, we find worthy of being questioned on this, on this program. And so we're going to keep asking those questions. Okay. The dates keep moving. The time keeps moving. I've got a good friend of mine who's not happy with me right now for doing this. And I told him yesterday, I, I, I cannot sit here and just do two hours of wash your hand PSAs. Number one. But number two, history has shown if you don't ask these questions now, in the time of the crisis. Because he wants me to wait until the crisis is over and then reevaluate where we're at. I'd love the luxury of doing that. History has shown that if you... if yeah, Remember when we were going to find out who killed Jeffrey Epstein? Who? Exactly. Remember that shooting out in Vegas that was the worst in American history by a straight white male, in fact. Perfect setup for the anti-gun media coverage. And we never ever found out why that happened, how he managed to build a small armory in the hotel in one of the most surveillanced areas on planet Earth. And nobody had any clue, despite the fact he stayed there for several days while building a sniper's nest. Nobody knew anything and we don't know why he did it. That got memory hold gone, right? It did. See, if you don't do this now, you won't do it later. And the precedent will be set that they can come this far. And then the next time, they'll go a little bit further. And then the next time, they'll just round third and head for home. No, yeah, yeah. ask these questions now. Because when this is over, we're all going to be very anxious to get back to our regular way of life and enjoy the accoutrements, of what it, the full accoutrements. Because let's be honest, we have quite a few of them right now. We got major, yes, they're closing the theaters. Major Hollywood studios, though, are releasing the films they had due to come out in, in theaters straight on to on demand, like the new Trolls movie. And I've seen several other films they're doing that with now. Okay. They put Star Wars and Frozen 2 out early. There's going to be a lot more of that the next couple of weeks. 
yeah, you can't go to your favorite restaurant, but you can still have, you know, Grubhub and DoorDash, bring it to your door if you want. I mean, this is kind of a uniquely American. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> stop yeah, and think is. about it. All right, so you, like the, the sports networks are like, they don't have live sports, so they're going back to their vast vaults and running the classic games of yesteryear. Just like Eugema, okay? Steve, just like Eugema. Yeah, this is, this is a uniquely 21st century American um, uh, kind of, of, of suffering on one hand, right? But the spirit that this country was founded on demands, as, as those of us who have inherited that legacy, it demands us to ask questions at times like this, to, to make sure government is not letting a good crisis go to waste. Ask these questions. Why, why is it after eight o'clock I am uniquely susceptible to this virus? Why? Especially because who's more likely to be out at eight o'clock? The elderly and people with poor immune systems that are the ones that are, are overwhelmingly targeted by this virus or healthy people between the ages of 25 and, 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 and 50. Bingo. The, the latter. This is about people control and you should be uncomfortable with it in my opinion. You should be asking a lot of questions about that and not easy, not just readily just be, take, assume the position and be pliable, malleable on that level. Here's another question I have today. Spring starts, what, this weekend, right? Officially? I can check on that. Yeah, I think it's this weekend. Like the, I think it's the 21st, this weekend. So, soon, spring allergy season will begin. And, and some of the warmer climates in America, in the Southeast, it's probably, you know, in, in the, in, in the uh, over there where you got beaches in the south it's probably already you know in the sun belt already happening i would imagine millions of americans are soon going to have symptoms like a dry cough a runny nose sinus respiratory discomfort my nine-year-old daughter woke up this morning with a sore throat yeah because of the drainage in the back right and they're gonna what's gonna happen is they're gonna get all stirred up because of the coronavirus panic and they're going to they're going to flood the healthcare system convinced that they have coronavirus when it's the same bush that's blooming that's been blooming in your backyard every year you've lived in that house at the same time of year why i mean that that's going to be to quote the great prophet uh, the great prophet Elton John that's going to be more fun than a barrel full of monkeys when that happens do they See, if I were in the White House press corps, that's a question I would ask today. Should we, we should, what do we say to Americans right now that are going to be suffering from allergies and those symptoms look a lot like the basic symptoms of COVID-19? How do we know whether to go get a test or, you know, just take the same locally grown honey, homeopathic, or whatever other remedies we use to get through that time of year, Okay. How do we know the difference? What do we do? You've got us all stirred up. You've ended our way of life for the foreseeable future. Well, how do I know it's the, it's the same mulberry bush in the backyard? You know, how do I know that's what it is? How do I know I don't have coronavirus? Do we have any answers to that? Has that, has, has, I'm just a hick from Iowa. 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like one of these experts who thought, don't close the borders, that makes you racist. And let's let's outsource. I keep being told by some of you, trust, I, what do you think, you're one of the... You think you're one of the experts? You mean the experts who said, hey, I got a great idea for your society. Get rid of your entire inf- manufacturing infrastructure for your own goods and services and either outsource them to your primary economic rival in the world or let the third world country on your southern border ship its labor up to drive the labor costs down for your wage base and do it for slave labor wages and treat it like chattel while we open the door for human traffickers instead. And, and oh, by the way, let's have that same economic rival produce about 80% of the world's antibiotics. You mean those experts, those ones that I'm just supposed to bow the knee to reflexively without ever questioning whatsoever. You mean those people, those ones? The same ones who open the gate wide open to transgenderism. Right. By the way, the gate is still wide open on your southern border as we speak. So we'll get into that here in the next segment because that's one of the lessons you're going to learn is illegal aliens and human traffickers matter more than you. You're learning that right now. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm going to question the experts. This isn't a plutocracy or an oligarchy. It's a republic. All right. It's It's supposed to be a representative one. So I certainly will, I will certainly defer to anybody who on virology, pathologies, but when we get into policy, that becomes an issue of worldview, okay? Similar to, I don't know nearly as much about, about the age of, of uh, fossils as a geologist does. They're a geologist. I'm a talk show host. But I can stand toe-to-toe and and go back and forth with one without knowing the terminology when we get into things like the origin of human species and the age of the earth. Why? Because at that point, we're no longer discussing geology. We are discussing his worldview or hers. That is is guiding the way that they see the data and the information. So we start getting into areas of public policy. I don't know anything at all about the pathology of the coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus. I don't which is why I'm not giving you any. But you know what I do know a lot about? Worldview, public policy, historical precedent of how moments like this have treated the human condition in the past. I do know a lot about that. And I'd probably take my knowledge of those situations up against just about anybody else, which is why I'm hosting a show like this, because I can stand toe-to-toe with most people and do that. So you guys want your expert? I'll be one of you. I'm your expert in some of those areas. That's why I'm here. That's why I have this job because I can do stuff like that. So when we start talking about pathologies, yeah, I, dude, yeah, you tell me. When you start telling me that at eight o'clock, I have to cease walking my dog at night. No, now we're not talking about a pathology. Unless this, is a, this, unless this virus is a nocturnal emission, now we're not talking about a virology or a pathology. Now we're talking about public policy and I'm going to need more. You're going to have to give me some answers that you're not currently giving for me to just immediately doesn't mean my, by the way, this does not mean my answer is no. My, my answer is I don't have an answer because you haven't given me all the information yet. Right. It's like when your kid walks up to you and says, Hey, do you mind if I go meet so-and-so? Well, who is so-and-so at what time? How do you plan on getting there? What are you going to do while you're there? What's going on while you're there that makes you want to go there, right? Would I be a good father if I didn't ask those questions? You would not. Or, 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 should, or, or should I just have Twitter and my inbox tell me, why do you hate your kids, Steve? Why do you hate your kids? A good father 
ask the kinds of questions to get a fuller context, right? Yes. Shouldn't a good citizen be doing the same? Shouldn't we be doing the same? We must. I, well, I, and on this show, we think you must. So we will. All the way to the end, we're going to ask those kinds of questions. I understand that'll be upsetting for some of you, and that's okay. You've got a lot of other options. Don't, don't let us ruin your day. You've got a lot of other things now that are home all day long and in your face that are probably going to agitate you. You don't have to put up with most, most of the time. All right? Don't let us, don't add us to the list. So if, if you don't want to critically think, you don't want those questions asked, and you just want marching orders, God bless you. You know what? That's what every cable news network is for. But we're going to operate under the presumption that if you put up with us for this long, you know this is just how we roll. We're not joiners. We don't instantly just fit, you know, alongside everybody. We're not part of the buddy system. We're a bit contrarian and ornery where that's concerned. And that's just our makeup. And so we're going to ask questions like that. And, and, and given the extraordinary circumstances we are facing right now as a people, we actually kind of think it's wise if, if more people followed suit, actually, in this case. And ask more of these kinds of questions. Ask more. I mean, I had a woman write me an email yesterday telling me it was dumb pointing at the example I was making of in Washington State, if I took my kid to Applebee's, I was a criminal. But up my back porch, if I watched a plane of Chinese nationals flying into Vancouver, what's the point of that? Well, there must have been some point of that because shortly after people like us were making this point, what did uh, the boy king up there in Canada finally do? What did he finally do? Shut it down. So it must be some kind of a point. Again, if you want pointless banter, there's a million other places to go. And, and right now, we could all use all the business we could get. So I'm, I'll happily outsource you since we've outsourced everything else that matters in our country to us. And we're learning the lesson from that right now. But, but if, if, if you don't want these kinds of questions asked, I don't, then don't tune into this. Save yourself the angst. There's enough going on in the world without us driving you that insane. For the rest of you, if you want the questions asked we'll we'll ask them together we may disagree on any answers i don't know what all the answers are i just want to i just want to know that the people who tell us they do actually have them because lord knows we cannot trust our press to be asking the questions i think we have learned that lesson over the last few years It is shocking that your home can be stolen this easily. That is the brutal lesson that Deborah learned when thieves found her home's title online. They then forged it and literally took ownership of her home. In an instant, thieves legally owned Deborah's house. She got evicted, lost over $80,000 in equity, and spent a fortune in legal fees trying to get it back. The FBI calls this home title fraud, warns that it's one of the fastest growing crimes. And oh, by the way, you know, with... Everybody at home now, nothing else to do. Thieves are going to be spending even more time online looking for people like us. So that's why you want to protect the online title to your home with Home Title Lock. The legal documents to our homes and are, are kept online where thieves can hunt for them. They then forge the documents stating you sold your home to them or they borrow against your home's equity and then stick you with the payments. No insurance or bank protects you, but Home Title Lock does. You could already be a victim of home title fraud and not even know it. Find out right now by registering your home at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com and enter Steve for one month of free protection. Promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. 
Com. So we're, we've learned some interesting lessons the last few days. We've, we've already learned, and we've already spoken on this show, that we need to reevaluate our entire relationship with China, the outsourcing of our manufacturing base, our pharmaceutical base, etc. Um, and we're not nearly self-sufficient enough as a people. And that I, 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 globaliz, global, globalization has gone too far. I, I don't believe in isolation either. I, I, you know why? Because I don't believe in false choices. That's why I don't believe in uh, America's the mall cop or, uh, you know, um, uh, we can just trade wampum with jihadists and change their minds. I don't, I don't believe in anybody's dogmas on, on these fronts. I, I, I think you have to be amorphous and adjust to the situation on the ground. I think what this situation has taught us is we are way too globalized and need to be more localized. Need to bring more things home. All right? We've already talked about that on this show. That is, that is maybe the biggest lesson of them all to learn from what we're going through right now. But there have been some other important lessons too that I would like us uh, to note, like this one. What we've learned from coronavirus is, is data limits by mobile phone companies are a scam. They don't have to have data caps. They, they, if they're able to lift them all, if they're able to lift them all when we're, when we're all going to be home for an indeterminate amount of time, all the kids are at home, all right? Everybody's on the Netflix account all at the same time watching something different, right? Right? And, and how many millions of homes in America? If I can't go see, if I can't go see Nan Pop and Nana for a couple of weeks, so we're on the FaceTime talking to each other and millions and millions and millions of people are doing this at the exact same time. Why did we need these data caps in the first place? That's exactly right. We and didn't, we don't is the yeah. answer. Yeah. Well, here's, yeah, it's, we don't. Here's the thing. If you're a private company, you have the right to do that. Yep. Here's what, what also means from that. Yep. As soon as some company figures out, Hey, these things are a scam and we're going to get millions of more people to sign up for our service than all of these other companies exactly. with the caps on it. There you go. Our friends over at Patriot Mobile, are you listening right now? Uh, data caps are a scam. They don't have to. They don't have to do these. They just they do because they get away with it. Well, this has been the last week or two in America has been quite the revealer, has it not? That that is something we have learned. Is something you a device you really cannot live a modern life in America without now some form of a mobile device. The data cap that is on it doesn't need to be there. There's no point to it being there. It's really just to screw with you because they can. Here's the second lesson I think we've already learned from the coronavirus. Republicans can actually defy court orders from judges, see the governor of Ohio yesterday, when they want to. Here's the key part, though. They just don't want to and actually have hidden behind these court orders all these years as an excuse for why they don't have to take political risks. It's never been illegal for an executive to defy a court order. This, the, the Supreme Court is not supreme over the other branches. The judiciary is not the supreme branch. That is not true. I don't even believe, by the way, the branches are equal. I'll allow that because that, that at least, I know you guys, some of you have always wanted me to be more pragmatic, practice more incrementalism. That's my pragmatism, incrementalism. I, I will permit the the skewed view that the branches are equal. I wouldn't go so far as to say that is a false view, but it is a skewed view. I'll permit that because man, if we could even just get there, <sighs> if I could see that in my lifetime, 
put that on my tombstone right after, you know, I fought the good fight. I kept the faith and I finished the race. And then right underneath that carving little letters, we made the three branches equal, Steve. I I'll take it. I'll take that. Because that is such a giant leap forward for the rule of law in America. If we even just did that. I, I mean, if, if we treated the judiciary the way the founders intended, it would, most minds would explode. Okay. I mean, they put them in a closet originally. Okay. So I'll take equal branches because we don't even have that right now. What we have is inspector 12 and the rest of us are down here making the underwear bands at the bottom of the hill while they put the official stamp on it. Well, yesterday, governor Mike DeWine, who's a complete and total Republican, was by the way, uh, in Ohio said, yeah, we're going to defy that court order. And, and for public safety reasons, we're not having our primary here. Did they call the marshal of the court to arrest Governor Mike DeWine? Did the sergeant of arms, who was Judge Wapner's guy? Rusty, was it Rusty the bailiff? Who am I thinking of? Did he roll up to the governor's mansion in Ohio there? It's John Kasich, his predecessor on CNN right now, clutching pearls. I, and, and I can't even, um, to, because uh, I, this is just a renegade government. This is another Trumpian, terrible influence. we got to get Noah okay? Rothman back on the show. You use the oh, process, Steve. Yes. Use the process. Yes, that was a conversation uh, we had a couple of years ago. Nice pull there, Mr. Erzin. Yeah, funny. The world's not ending whatsoever. We, we could have done this with Roe. We could have done this with Windsor. We could have done this with Plyler versus Doe, which essentially says that illegal aliens are your new subsidy. We could have done this with all this garbage. We just lack the political will. And what have I always told you on this show? We are not a nation of law, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. Donald Trump did not have to bend the knee to all these judicial edicts. Like a judge in Hawaii overruled his coronavirus test. Did you see that? No, that was fake news. I know. That was funny, though, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but all the other stuff that he's done, he didn't have to. He could have, he could have just told them, nah, but thank you. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go ahead and ban that travel from those Muslim countries overrun by jihadists. And if you don't like it, you know, uh, guns up so to speak and I'll see you on election day and the American people get to decide whether I get to do the job not nine judges on the Supreme Court how you like them apples he could have been doing this all along could have done it all along just chose not to because he lacked the political will didn't want to take the blowback would fire up the other side's base. The whole system would come on, come down on him. He's he's already fighting an impeachment and fake Russian collusion allegations. Doesn't need that fight on his hands. Remember when he was going to defy the courts on the census? And they brought all the conservative media there to the White House to talk about social media bans. And that was the event that he was going to announce that he was going to defy the court and order the Department of the Interior or Homeland. I can't remember which one oversees the census, but to include the immigration question on there anyway. Yes. And, and, and Bill Barr wouldn't go along with it because, you know, Bill Barr you know, loves to give speeches about, you know, the deep sinister forces that are at work in undermining Americana while not doing a damn thing about it because he's a bushy. That's what most Republicans are like. They give a great speech on these topics. He even gives a better one than most of them do and then does nothing, nothing, less than nothing about it. Less than nothing. And that's why he didn't do it because he's in the middle of an impeachment. He didn't want to have Bill Barr turn on him. Couldn't afford that, he thought. Again, it's about political will, not about the rule of law. We didn't have to obey these universal injunctions this entire time. Didn't have to do it the entire time. No, my answer is no, but thank you. Your opinion is rendered. The American people may decide they like your opinion more than mine. And if they get to do that and they vote me out of office, then 
somebody else will replace me who does what the Supreme Court says is the proper view of the Constitution. And you are welcome to enter into your opinion. You are not welcome to just or make orders and, and create law. You cannot do that. And so it'll be up to the rest of you now whether you let Republicans get away with doing this to you for the rest of your lives. That's why we're having this conversation now, because I'm, I'm pretty confident since past history, without a paradigm shift, past history is always indicative of future performance. I am pretty confident that we're going to memory hole all this about 10 minutes after everything goes back to normal here in a few, in a few weeks or months. That's why we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put all this stuff on video, on the record right now. So we can say later on, remember when we told you. Why are you letting them get away with this? So don't let any more Republican executives get away with, well, it's that, that, yeah, the courts told us with what we had to do. And it was just, you know, some pagan judge from the 666th district of Babylon and my hands are tied, okay? And uh, my, my advisors are telling me there's nothing I can do. That is complete and total horse bleep. That's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And that lie has been used by these leftists to undermine more of the original intent of this constitutional republic than any other lie that's been told in our lifetimes has been. And you learned last night, it's a lie. They don't have to do that. They can go their own way when they think it's the will of the people. Because who's actually accountable to the people directly? The judges or the executives? The executives. That's why they were given the power to execute and not the judges. And if you don't like the way they execute, guess what you get to do with an executive? Vote them out of office. If you don't like the way the judges opine, guess what you get to do? Well, not a damn thing. That's why the power is in the hands of the executive and not in the bloggers and black robes. Here's the next thing we've learned already from coronavirus. Payroll taxes are bad for the American people, just like conservatives have said for years, if not decades. They're a terrible deal for the American people. That's why they're working so feverishly to try to get rid of them because they're bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yes, Dana Carvey, George Bush, you're right. They're bad. So all the stuff they're saying right now, keep a running list of the regulations they're getting rid of and all that stuff right now. All the stuff that they're doing right now to stop us from suffering a Great Depression, when they try to put it back in place when this is all said and done again to get their power back, don't let them. That's a lie. They don't, they don't, they don't need any of this. They don't. Well, see, we won't be able to balance the budget. We're $21 trillion in debt. Really? Screw you. Give me my damn money back. You got enough of it. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. No. Just print more because that's what we're doing anyway. Just print more money. Just print more. In the end, as long as our nuclear arsenal is more powerful than anybody else's, no one's calling the note in. So just print more money and give me mine back. I worked. Thank you. Next thing we learned from coronavirus already Illegal aliens, drug cartels, and human traffickers matter more than you do. Who knows what can still come over the southern border as we speak while you're being uh, 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 encouraged uh, to self-exile. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Indeed. Yeah, you're being encouraged to self-exile, but that's all right. That's all right because the, uh, the, the Medellin drug cartel has got a whole new batch of human chattel making its way up to your town for that meat processing plant and uh, human traffickers and uh, everything else. So you're the second class citizens here. You self-exile. The southern border remains open. And the fifth thing we've already learned, and this echoes what our friend Matthew Peterson at Claremont Institute talked about recently, 
There is much we leave our homes and families to do professionally that we just really don't have to. We just, we just don't have to do most of these things. We just, we just don't. I mean, if you're on an assembly line, you can't make my Cadillac converter from your house, right? Okay. But it's okay because we gave all those jobs to China anyway. Most of the jobs that Americans do do nowadays, unless you're in retail service, something of that nature, first responder, but most of your jobs or much of what we do for the jobs that we leave home for, we don't have to do that. We, we just don't. Your thoughts on that list, gentlemen? Well, it for me, it's number two, and then space bar, space bar, space bar. All I, the, the judges, you mean? The judges. Yeah. Uh, that can't be emphasized enough for several reasons. One, because it is something Steve has been talking about on this show and other shows named the Steve Day Show well before I got involved in. He's been way ahead of the curve on this one. And furthermore, this has everything to do with who we are as a free people and the lies we tell ourselves on multiple levels on what can and can't be done. It simply took him saying, it's the Rosa Parks moment for Mike DeWine. Finally, just no. Um, I can't look myself in the eye and do this anymore. Now, he did this on this issue. I'm confident he and others would go right back and start, you know, getting right back, getting the band back together to do it. But we should all be learning the lesson about why, why don't we say no more often to the preposterous way of doing things? Because it is, it is come to be preposterous. So much of this has to do with the cool kids clubs and the virtue signaling and it's not going to keep this country duct taped together for much longer. We're hollowing out. The revolution is already lost. We're protected by our gated community. We've got to get it back. Otherwise, all of our virtue signaling about you know, who we're trying to save here at coronavirus, the other virus that has been active for a long time and will continue to be uh, in in uh, in plague form after we cure the heal uh, whoever's sick from this thing it's it's going to get us in the end our total loss of our moorings on the declaration of independence who we are why we exist and that's why number two there with the judges it's so vital that once and for all we heed the words that steve just said for me, it's it's two and and four because two is largely, at least at this point, why we have four. Uh, so the, the the thing about illegal aliens mattering more than you, you know, it, it's easy to see why Dewine made this decision and had his public health director effectively overrule the judge's orders the other day because he knew he would have public sentiment behind him because mm-hmm. everybody is on the same page right now in the United States that this is a pandemic, that this is a huge, their lives are disrupted, their lives are disrupted. And that's the key part. When your lives are disrupted, what are you more what are you more willing to tolerate? Are you more willing to tolerate things that will potentially disrupt your life even more or less tolerant of that? See, we've been this goes to your point about a nation of of uh, political will. It's because most of the time we're, our lives are not disrupted by illegal aliens until they are. 
And at that point, it's going to be too late. I mean, Florida has the second highest elderly population in America. They're voting. So let's send them all out to it's, vote today. Told you, it's makes, insane. Makes perfect sense, right? back with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio podcast steve dace alongside todd erzin and aaron mcintyre steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the show that's d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook follow us on twitter at steve dace show and if you do like to listen to us via the podcast if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from uh please uh, consider doing so if you like the show uh, so many of you have done this for us already. Thank you. Please, though, keep them coming because the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow, the more those all-knowing, benevolent uh, algorithms uh, actually seek out more people when they realize people might find this somewhat entertaining, amusing, maybe even the least bit informative. All right. So please keep those five-star reviews coming and thank you to all of you that already sent yours in. If you've not sent one in yet, what are you waiting for? Time is apparently very short. All the elderly are voting in Florida right now while they still can. While they still can. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Riduzone. Reality check. Made that New Year's resolution to diet and lose weight. You know, morbid obesity, one of those things that can weaken your immune system as well. Get back on the wagon. All right, because dieting alone is very difficult and working out, which is going to be increasingly scarce now that they're closing all the gyms. Just got the email, my facility, which is actually, I work out at a medical facility and it's closing. So um, working out is great, has a lot of health benefits, but um, it you cannot train a bad diet, right? So you got to get those portion sizes, those cravings under control. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It's the only FDA accepted product that includes OEA, the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster and burns stored fat while reducing your calorie intake. Riduzone makes it even easier, therefore, uh, to resist those cravings and get your portion sizes under control because most of the time it's not what you're eating as much as it is how much of it you happen to be eating. So if you want to use my name as a promo code, Steve, you'll get up to 65% off plus free shipping up to 65% off plus free shipping when you go to the website riduzone.com that's the only place you can get riduzone is on its website r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e for riduzone.com r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e promo code steve so for fake news or not this week we're going to do something a little bit different and we've already earlier this year uh, or actually we did this last year wasn't it we made this change last year we got rid of including any left sure. America media. We did it last year? Yeah. Okay. We got we got rid of getting of any left America media. We've had a couple of exceptions when the moment called for it, but by and large, we, we don't fact check propaganda. There's no point fact checking information coming from people who make it known upfront that they hate you. Well, now that we know that, then what's the point of listening to you, right? Okay. And I think that, let's say this thing does turn out to be a serious as the most dire warnings. One of the reasons that a large portion of this population treated it so cavalierly is because they've been lied to so often. You're the boy who cried wolf to them now, right? So we gave up on that. 
and by and large. And what we have spent our time with fake news or not the last couple of years now doing instead is looking at the persons and the platforms that supposedly are there to bring real news and opinion. And most of the time we can't tell the difference uh, to bring real news and opinion to is what is left of traditional America. This this is a a panel that recently aired on Fox News. We're going to share about what is it, about two to three minutes of it. That is correct. All right, so it's a, it's a little under three minutes. You're going to hear numerous voices. All right, and I'm not going to have any setup. We're just going to watch this panel, and then the three of us are going to have our own panel and reacting to it. All right, how much of what we're about to watch after we watch it do we think this is fake news or not? Every school in Alaska. Jesse, no, you but Jesse, he flexible could. Flexible and dynamic. Nobody approach. was saying that you shouldn't be. It, you, you should take away flexibility. What you're saying is, the national leader, the president of all of us, of Republicans and Democrats, might offer us some direction instead of giving us sort of happy, fluffy talk that, in fact, this it, it, it distorted the reality that we are dealing with in our lives. I didn't think. And I, I don't think anybody on the five. I don't think any of us here on the five. Justin, just a second. To the public every day about it. Jesse, let me just he has not. But Jesse, let me make this, this point. Okay, go ahead, I don't think won, one of us here sitting on the five thought that we would have to be sitting in little boxes because of this. I, mean, I, I tend to be an optimist. I did, and oh, you I didn't want. I did. I did. I, did I talked about this in no. the, in the oh, third week of February. You have said anyway, that there anyway, was the media can I, can and I the actually, Democrats. Can I actually weigh in on this? Because yeah. you've been talking for a oh, while. Oh, yeah, All right. right. Number Please. one, number one, Scaramucci. When you were booking Scaramucci to talk about a pandemic, yeah. that means seven to eight people turned them down beforehand. He's not the bottom of the barrel. He's the stuff leaking out of the barrel. When he's your booking, when you're booking him, it's a political booking. So let's be clear. Two, you're, you're, people are conflating again, again with words and deeds. What, what Trump is doing imperf imperfectly is he's, he initially was trying to address the panic that he saw in the stock market because he is our nation's cheerleader. Everything's going to be better. We've got to get this thing going because optimism is his blood. All right. He's, as for the virus, the, that's the expert's turf. Make no mistake, he got out of that way. He let them do that. And let's not forget, Cuomo was slow getting up to speed on this, too, because he was doing the same thing Trump was, which was trying to slow the panic in the economy. So Trump was initially focusing on the psychological effects of panic. While his intention is good, he could have found his voice sooner about the actual concern. But he's this is a new this is new to him. I think he was trying to focus on trying to quell the panic while letting the experts deal with the virus. Deeds, words. And right now, you cannot match the deeds that this administration are doing. They're doing amazing work. Yeah, that's why we have so many tests to find out who has it. That's why we have a vaccine. Although the president said, oh, the vaccine's coming in a couple of weeks. Now we know it's years. The president and that's why, say that one. You know what? He said it was this, therapeutic. This to me, that's why we don't have an office in the, in the NSC. We don't have an office of global immune threats. Yeah, no, no, that's all that's Juan, all to be forgotten. Plenty of bureaucrats oh, yeah. in Italy. And yeah. look what's happening. Yeah. In Italy. Oh, now we're now all we right. want to compare all our next. government to the Italians. Very all good. Next. Very good. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders face off in the shadow of this. Career. All right. So that was the panel 
discussing just I think this was back on uh, a couple of days ago mm-hmm. the politicization of coronavirus that uh, was held on a show called The Five on Fox News I, and I believe that's the most of it that I've ever seen because I don't I don't like watch any of this stuff unless I have to and I I rarely tell myself that I do so now that we have we have watched this is what we just witnessed fake news or not and tell us why you gave the answer you did. Aaron, I'll let you go first. So, boy, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, the constant yelling over each other, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to analyze that other than, hey, that's some good uh, cable news right there. That's what you tune in for, right? Uh, people, people yelling over each other. So as far as Juan Williams' case goes, there is next to nothing. And I mean that like 97%, 97% uh, chance that anything Trump said from the beginning to right now of this entire crisis in the country, nothing, next to nothing, would have satiated somebody like him. If Trump would have come out right away and made all of these sober statements, oh, he's fear-mongering. If Trump would have uh, come out uh, and said something neutral, well, we need more or we need there's literally, literally uh, almost nothing that Trump can say for some people that it's going to be good enough for them. Just next to nothing. So there's that. So I think that's disingenuous. That's fake news. Uh, calling on the president for real. I mean, what I mean, he's been saying since since this thing got serious, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, stay home. He's been saying that all along. I don't know what more. The sky is falling. Uh, run for the hills. Uh, flee, flee for your lives, Denethor. I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to hear. As far as Greg Gutfeld goes, I believe that's great. Yeah, Greg Gutfeld goes, the, the second person, the second voice in that clip. You know, I maybe that's true when when we start to go into the mind of donald trump though as some people do and as we try to stay away from on this show when you try to go deep into his motivations and what he's doing i always get my four-dimensional chess spidey senses start going off well trump trump was trying to do this in order to do that so that this wouldn't be impacted but really he knew he was doing that it's five-dimensional four-dimensional i don't know how many dimension multi-dimensional chess is always what we try to get into or what was what i think we're getting into when we try to diagnose the motivations of donald trump so i think that because because here's the truth I, i don't i don't know other than other than trump What's what's Trump's bottom line? I, I don't know what Donald Trump's motivation is on any given day, on any given mi- issue, and neither do you. So once you try to di- start diagnosing that, that leads down the path of perdition and fake news. So that's I think that I think that entire exchange, for the most part, is is fake news. I, I just don't know what we're arguing about. Was that really about the politicization? Uh, the politicization of coronavirus was that really what that was about or was that politicization of coronavirus i think the answer is pretty obvious that it's the latter before i throw it to you todd i've got to call fake news on myself at the very least i've committed a, um, a, a citation level dude code foul and thank you to frank golubsky for pointing it out to me i think that's how your name is pronounced frank 
I, I meant to say catalytic converter last hour. I said Cadillac, Cadillac converter. I, I heard that. I okay. wasn't going to pull your pants yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you should have. That That's that was bad. I already claimed Patrick Mahomes was a better athlete than Tom Brady, so I was on thin ice there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know it's a crisis. Preemptive self-awareness from Aaron McIntyre. Now, you know what? Run for your lives! Aaron is practicing self-awareness, but no, I, I, I needed to call fake news on myself there. Thank you, Frank, for pointing that out. Todd, your thoughts on the panel before I get mine. Well, what Aaron said is obviously true about Democrats and Trump. And it, it, you know, it's what I said last week. We were talking about weaponizing uh, Joe Biden. It, 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 his goofiness, his zaniness, it, it doesn't really matter. How can we weaponize the guy? I said the same thing about the virus in its earlier stage back then about Trump. Everything. How can we hang Trump in broad daylight? Duh. But this goes beyond just Democrats. This applies, and it goes beyond Trump. It applies to us as citizens and our relationship with the federal government in particular, as embodied right now by Donald Trump. It applies to when we were talking about, Steve, you had uh, a clip about uh, uh, a Fox News economics guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, uh, but he was asking, uh, the markets need to hear from you, Donald Trump. The markets need to hear oh, from Charles you. Oh, Charles Payne. Charles Payne, thank yeah. you. Yeah. From the 85, uh, the letter writer, uh, a conservative, a fan of our show, who was talking about, I'm sick of all of the politicization. I just want to protect my 85-year-old grandfather. It applies to him you mean as well. the email we got on Friday. Yes. What? Yeah. What? What do we want? What do we expect? What could any president have done five days ago, today, to please anybody or everybody? What magic talisman do you think they possess? Especially, and this is why I was when we do um, emergency uh, drills at schools these days about uh, uh, mass shooters, what would happen, and more and more research is showing they, those do absolutely nothing other, but, other than freak everybody the hell out. You, you, you do try to plan the best of you can, as you can for these kinds of things, but there is no perfect rule book for laying out day by day when you close something they were absolutely just throwing stuff up against the wall when they decided to close all the sports first but nothing else okay i i can even give them the benefit of the doubt like i don't know we're just going to try something maybe psychologically this convinces people that this is serious because we're very passionate about i don't know if they were honest about that i'd say okay these times are tough but as we've been saying, the math does not make sense on any of this. And if you are sitting there at home simply thinking that any president, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, simply know, hey, just pull out my manual here. Step one says that does not exist. So Greg Gutfeld, I think, was actually pretty close to true news on that thing. A guy like Donald Trump absolutely was just going to try to keep the markets calm, wash your, wash your hands. Uh, most people clearly agree with him still down there. Old people going to the polls. Maybe we'll see that they're not going. Uh, people on the beaches down there. A lot of people, despite all your virtue signaling on Twitter, think that, you know, this is sad. This is frustrating. We're going to hope for the best, but it doesn't make sense to shut life down the way we're seeing at the very, very least. So I think Greg Gutfeld was pretty close to the real thing on 
the instincts Donald Trump was following, and he meant them sincerely, and he wasn't trying to ignore anything. So I, I think that's the kind of common grace that we clearly aren't going to be giving to each other. But for the most part, I think Donald Trump is showing more good intentions about this thing than most people on both sides. So I have a question and then I want to take an alternative perspective. One that I may not necessarily even hold, but I think has validity. Sure. Okay. So that we can play devil's advocate here. But let me start with my question first. Who's the intended audience for that conversation? On, on Fox, the one, the we, one just we just watched. watched. Who's the intended audience for that, do you think? Fox News, audience 65 plus. The committee to reelect Donald Trump. And so it, it doesn't serve, you think, any other... I'm asking. It, it doesn't serve any larger value than just that. The reality of the last three-plus years of Donald Trump did not suddenly go away or lessen because of this virus. It got turned up to 11. Okay. We don't need new reasons for what Fox News is just doing. Now. So then this is a sense. So, so what I hear you saying, and if I'm wrong, tell me, okay? What I, what I hear you saying, though, is, by the way, that is like a universal edict on the show. If you guys think I'm wrong, tell me. But, um, and I know you guys don't need me to hear that. Don't need me to say that. I just like to reset that for the audience to be reminded of that. What I hear you saying there, then, is they're just re-racking the same process methodology of their normal programming, it just with a different backdrop. So before we could just change the backdrop from Russian collusion to moving the embassy to tax cuts to infrastructure to defunding Planned Parenthood. And it just so happens that it's now in the context of coronavirus, but they're essentially re-racking, they're running it, they're just running it back, basically. I can only go by the 10 minutes or so we just watched, but okay. that was not outside of the norm somehow. Okay, so that actually then, the reason I asked my question first is because your answer might, might, would actually segue perfectly into the alternative view I want to take, that I want to take. And this is, this is literal um, contrarian. I may be sympathetic to this view, I wouldn't say I hold it quite yet. Maybe to be, is that fair? Okay, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, a, the reason why I, I, I'm sympathetic to it is I think it has merit worthy of considering. But I'm not, I'm not fully willing to commit to it yet. That's why I want us to discuss it. Yeah, let's right? do it. Is it possible because of what, we, what your answer was to the previous question that I asked? Is it possible that the truth in our culture is really at this point unattainable that it is quite possible one of the re like, like trump continues to be misquoted that he called coronavirus a hoax now he said that the media blow up about it was a hoax right that it is quite possible some of the things that could have been done in february on a much more piecemeal less intrusive basis to avoid us to to avoid us going to the places where we are essentially 
attempting a great depression. Like that, like the outcome from surviving the pandemic is you're going to go from, you're going to go from that to a great depression basically. Okay. Uh, or whatever the 21st version ver- century version of that is with mass preemptive bailouts and, and UBI, you know, stipends and things of that nature. Okay. That the reason we're here now is because the president has such an abject visceral reaction, almost allergic, um, you know, anaphylactic reaction to anything from the media whatsoever. That, and let's face it, we're not dealing with a person. This is not a, an individual that the still waters run deep. He's a, this is a, this is an id. We all know that whether you, and some like it and some don't, but you can't deny it. This isn't a guy in his spare time pr- contemplating the fates. You know, he's, he's not, uh, he's not, you know, reading Cicero in his downtime. And this is a reactionary individual, okay? And the media that hates him pushing this on him after pushing every other scam and every hoax on him may have caused him to not do some of the things that he could have done piecemeal from the very beginning to avoid it getting to this point. And then likewise, on the other end, the media because of the way that it views him and his supporters. Really, I thought, I thought the best point that was made in the entire exchange is the one that Gutfeld said, if you're booking Anthony Scaramucci, you're not, you don't really care about the virus. Mm-hmm. You're scoring political points here. You're, you're, you're casting a narrative. And so the media that did that, and now all of a sudden now, okay, we've got 87, we've got 87 Americans dead, 30 at one nursing home. Oh, bleep. That could be my grandma. That could be my, my nan pop, right? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about it? Well, now you can't get people's attention. You can't stop the millennials from showing up at the bars in New York City and, and, and hanging out at, uh, on Broadway in Nashville, the Honky Tonk District, because well, we've seen all those videos, right? We've all seen them because you've just lied to these people for so often and you've conditioned them that, that all that this is really about is how do we hate Donald Trump today? And they don't really like him. Those age groups don't like him either, but they've got a larger life to live than just obsessing about Donald Trump all the time. And so these two dysfunctional forces come to blows and caught in the crosshairs now are the vast majority of the American people who don't give a rip about Cheeto Jesus saves and and care even less about Orange Man Bad. They really want this whole thing to be about them and not about them, okay? Them as in the first person, us, them, okay? And not the them over there inside the beltway. And um, you're, you're ending my way of life, my livelihood, Okay, um, my kids' education moments, singular moments it, that uh, that are usually the the kind that we catalog and you know um, memento for the rest of our lives, graduations, weddings, etc. And we're we're ending all of those right now in order to serve this. And I need to know that you guys know what the hell you're doing, that the news I'm watching is telling me any morsel of truth whatsoever, that this guy is not just simply over, that his initial, I mean, look at his, when I watched the, 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 the press conference he gave last Friday, the opening 15 minutes were dreadful. There's a, see, there's several things I haven't actually said, because I just don't think they're constructive. Okay. 
But now that we're now that he's had several press conferences and that are much better, and the one and that particular one got better as it went on. But the opening fifteen minutes of that press conference, you see him visibly go off script. You see him visibly like want to turn this into a mini version of one of his rallies and give him and pat and separate his shoulders, slapping himself on the back, and the rest of America is just waiting to see, am I going to live through this? Right? And he wants to let you know about you know that his administration's better, and he goes into his whole Bobby the Brain Heenan pro wrestling act, and you can almost just sense the people behind him were like for shizzle for real can we try adulting those instincts are constantly at, at war with one another and the symbiotic dysfunction here has it made the truth unobtainable and so most and so most americans now fall into two camps i've given up believing that that he has my best interest and that they are honest with me at the same time. I think he has a self-interest, and I think they have their, their, their narrative. Or they fall into the other camp, which is anything that conflicts with my balkanized political paradigm cannot be true. So when Chris Cuomo is out praising the White House today, the governor of New York, I hate Trump. That can't possibly be true. Chris Cuomo just needs more money from the feds. Or... Um, it can't possibly be true that we got caught with our knickers down. The Puerto Rican, the reason Puerto Rico matters is that's where a lot of our respirators were made. Well, they had that hurricane well over a year ago. What, what the hell were we doing the whole time? It can't possibly be true that Donald Trump spent more time on Twitter kvetching about CNN witch hunt than making sure we replenished our ventilator supply because that goes against my balkanized political uh, tribalistic notion. And, and so we have these two camps where, where one group is, just feels hopeless. They don't trust the president will act instinctively in their best interest and not his own. And they don't believe the media will hold him accountable on any honesty level, but instead are worried about their narrative. And then everybody else just fits into one of these two tribalistic paradigms. Your thoughts on that? You're describing uh, the Tower of Babel. Yes. That, that is where we live. Uh, we are building a grand thing to the God of our own imaginings. Its poster child is my truth and transgenderism. You, there is no reason to expect this was going to be any different than what you just laid out. It must be that way based on the things we have said and done over the last how many decades building up to this point. We cannot come together in chaos if we cannot come together as the richest, most blessed nation in the history of all of human civilizations. We managed to turn that into transgenderism. Mm-hmm. So here we are, parked in chaos and not knowing what to do about it. Of course we don't know what to do about it. Of course. Your spiel there, uh, Steve, reminded me of a conversation that I had with one of my buddies yesterday who um, manages a business and had just, um, just hired a new salesperson. And the salesperson is really worried now about their job. And my buddy, um, my, because of, uh, you know, obviously the economy and the way it's tanked the last few weeks. And, and, uh, and in, in, in my, my buddy said uh, to her, well, you, you're going to be fine if you just do your job. But all she keeps doing is sitting at her, at her desk, refreshing social media and freaking out. Refreshing social media 
and freaking out. That is the operative phrase right now. Because all social media is are these sides of the two coin or the those two sides of the coin that feeds that feeds whatever it is the 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 panic that we're experiencing now or whatever people's chosen narrative is on any given day that 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 feeds it it's no different on cable news even though a lot less people are watching cable news right now than 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 they were 10 years ago but it is this constant information stream of of things that are not the whole truth information is not the truth we have more information than we've ever had in the history of this planet in your in your hand right now more information right here available right here than ever before on the face of the planet information is not the truth in fact Probably the more information we've had, the less truth we've gotten. And I think that's part and parcel to what we're talking about right now. And I'm, I'm reminded of a, of a proverb. What can the righteous do if the foundations be destroyed? Right. Right. And that's why yesterday I said, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna blow the Overton window even wider open. This is not a time, the last thing we need is more balkanization right now. To quote another proverb, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. This is a time to ask more questions um, uh, and, and diversify your portfolio where information is concerned and put it to the smell test. Why do all, you know, how do we explain these sorts of contradictions? Do you know how many people voted in the 2016 Florida primary? Over 4 million. I did the math last break. Over 4 million people voted in the 2016 Florida primary. Now that many won't vote this time because you don't have an open Republican contest when you had both in 2016. But let's say it's, it, it's carved 70% down to one and a half million. And that's the second oldest or second largest elderly population in America. Why are they going out and voting today? While well, teenagers can't play basketball or at the court at the playground after eight o'clock. Does that make any sense? Nope. Those are the questions we need to ask. Hey, losing your hair sucks, right? Well, you know what doesn't? Keeping your hair without leaving your couch. And if you're losing your hair, you gotta know about Keeps because they offer the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. That's the real deal. And the generic versions of them will save you a bundle at the exact same time. So it's simple. Uh, Just answer a few online questions and then snap a few pics of your hair. And then a doctor will review everything and recommend the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for you. And then that's shipped discreetly to your door. So you're probably wondering, does this Stuff even work well not only does it work a lot but 66 percent of the men two-thirds who use it end up experiencing hair regrowth at the exact same time so let's do something about that hair loss here's the deal go to keeps.com slash grow 
That's keeps.com slash grow. And you're going to get half off your very first order, 50% off your first order to get you started at keeps.com slash grow. Before we get to Pop Culture Tuesday, I had an interesting little exchange uh, in the last few minutes on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I saw a tweet from uh, someone in conservative media that I respect, and it had the, the trusty blue check mark, and it was a tweet from back in February attributed to Senator Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader, Chuck Schumer from New York, uh, criticizing Donald Trump for the China travel ban and saying this is just another ongoing part of his war on immigrants. Have you seen this tweet before? No. Okay. Well, I saw it from somebody in conservative media who I respect, who had put it out there earlier today. And so I lifted it and put my own, uh, I took the, the, picked the snapshot of the tweet that was claimed to have been deleted by Schumer and given the current events. And I took my own snapshot of it, shared it with, uh, with my following, and then had my own commentary. I said, this, this is what happens when you elect people who hate you. And now I, I still, you know, it, it goes back to what I said a week ago. If, if, if we had said we got to close the borders in January to stop this from killing us in March... We'd all been called racist back then by a lot of the same yes. people demanding that we don't care about enough about this right now. A lot of your, you, you know, uh, a lot of your virtue signalers on the right would call us a bunch of racists for demanding they shut the borders down two months ago. They're the same people that are saying you're not overreacting enough alongside of the smart set people, right? All, all that same scam. Well, Chuck Schumer's communications director, Justin Goodman is his name, tweeted to me a link from PolitiFact which said that uh, this is a fake tweet. Chuck Schumer never tweeted this and to stop spreading the lies. So what I just tweeted back to Justin Goodman, Chuck Schumer's communications director, I just tweeted this back. You guys tell me if you think this is okay. I said, I, I am unmoved by PolitiFact. I've, the audience, maybe you've heard me say this before. If you send me something from, from Snopes, PolitiFact, Gateway Pundit, or, or uh, Infowars, I, I don't take it seriously, ever. I, I mean, I, th I just view PolitiFact as just a, a, a leftist uh, scam. And I told him, I, I don't take that seriously. I'm unmoved by that. But if you give me your word, man to man, you give me your word that Chuck Schumer did not tweet this, I'll delete my tweet on your word alone. However, you should now ask yourself, why do so many people think that he would tweet something like that? That was my response. Your thoughts on that? And I have deleted the tweet, by the way. Uh, I mean, I have no problem with you deleting the tweet. You handled it like a, uh, a gentleman. Everything doesn't have to go to DEFCON 5 or 1 or DACE or whatever. Uh, he, the last part is the real discussion to have, and it goes, because it dovetails nicely with what we just got done talking about with the Tower of Babel. The, the, it, right now... You didn't even include. They are trying to still get those kinds of political points. You know, we, you would have if you would have shut down the boards. It would have been racist. Even if you want to go the direction now and blame Trump, you're still going to get those racist points by saying you can't dare call this the Wuhan virus. So, so the game never stops being played. Show me at some point when you stand down on this nonsense. Because does anybody believe that Chuck Schumer 
isn't prepared to play this game for the rest of his natural born life when he dies in the Senate at the age of cryogenically 120? I mean, he's been there longer than Aaron's been alive. Mm-hmm. Not in the Senate, but he, I think he was originally in the Congress, but he's you, been in, he's been on Capitol Hill longer than Aaron's been alive. You're not coming to the defense of a guy that isn't the master level Jedi of this game. To take umbrage with it now is a bit rich, but you took the gentleman's route and said, okay, I'll do it. What are your thoughts, Aaron? No, this is... These are the, these are the types of things where, where your instinct is either that's the, that's, that's the arena that, that we're in, that's the Petri dish that we're in right now. Sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you're going to do your best to discern. And then there's the other instinct, which is uh, run for the hills. The abomination of desolation is upon us. There is no truth here. There's no, no aspirational thinking or doing or anything happening right here. Uh, this is spirit of Antichrist, not the Antichrist. Don't send your, well, if you do send your emails, send them to Steve at stevedace.com. But this is <laughs> spirit of Antichrist type of stuff where there is absolutely no no finding the, ch- the the truth nowhere to trust that's that's freaky that should be freaky anyway so there's either two two instincts here either this is just the way this is just they're sloppy it's never going to be clean here or it's run for the hills so here's why i shared this with you guys before we get to pop culture tuesday um I was genuinely interested in in Todd and Aaron's feedback on my how I responded, whether that was, according to the dude code, sufficient. Okay. The other though is I wanted to give you a window into what it's like to acknowledge that you're not sure what's true, what what you're being told is true or not. And I mean, the reason why I fell for that fake tweet is because I trusted the source of the guy who's who has never steered me wrong. And and let's face it, because does, doesn't that sound like something based on what we've seen the last few years? Couldn't you see Chuck Schumer saying that? Of course, that's yeah. my point. Yeah, exactly. He will again too. Yeah, he probably will, and then some other context, right? Um, and I think this is so because I know I get questions like, "What do we do then if I can't just blank watch or blank listen?" I'm in the same boat, remember. I've got to have a certain level of confidence in the information I'm commenting on to comment on it to you. So I'll just let you know what I'm doing, man, is if I make a mistake, and if you prove it to me, own up to it, correct it, and I'm constantly trying to find multiple sources that will confirm the same alleged facts, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If I can get multiple people affirming the same alleged facts, then I'm in. And and there's two reasons why sometimes if you follow me, you don't see me comment on things everybody else is commenting on. Number one, I don't feel a compulsion like I have to follow the herd and and we've jump on Covington cat. We've we've done all this. I've learned the hard way. Don't be in a hurry to be wrong. If you're starting a tweet after some alleged scoop about Trump with. If true, I've done that, made that mistake, learn. Don't ever start a tweet with that. It's always wrong. It's always wrong. There's never been a time if true turned out to be what actually happened. It has not occurred. And if it if it does it in the future, it's not worth the previous 10,000 times you were wrong going there. Okay, so if I can't verify something right away 
with multiple sources, uh, or if I if if I cannot defend its plausibility on my own, I stay away. We don't comment on it. Nor do I feel like I have to follow a herd and comment on everything everybody else is commenting on all of the time. You know? Just admit it. You hate old <clears throat> people. Yes, you do. That's what's driving all of this. My my various biases and bigotries. Yes, of course. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, brought to you by our friends over at Genesis Nine Fifty. If you are thinking of replacing your carpets this spring. Whenever we get to do that, spring cleaning, although I guess that's the one thing they are telling us to do more of, right? More and more cleaning around the house. They want to see more of that, so that's cool. Uh, give Genesis 950 a try. It's an amazing pet stain and odor remover. It breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so that they are gone for good. And its antibacterial component removes pet stains and odors from the carpeting as well as the padding. It can be used even in carpet cleaning machines. And it's so green that it's safe for your families and pets as well. If you want to try Genesis 950, and you can use this on your whole house. It, it works on the, the nice stuff in the kitchen, in the bathroom, that granite, that quartz, that quartz uh, countertop, the grease stains um, in, uh, on the floor of the garage. It works on all that stuff. But where it really shines and can save you some money is the pet and stains and odors on the carpet. So you don't have to bite the bullet for that major purchase. All right. Go to Genesis950.com and use the promo code Blaze to get Genesis 950 at a discount genesis 950.com promo code blaze genesis 950.com promo code blaze so we won't have uh well i i think we will see more direct to on-demand movie releases in the next few weeks but for now movie theaters regal and amc are two of the largest in the country they're closing today i've not heard word on cinemark yet um but um I hope you had a chance to get out to see what I, I think it's a remarkable film and it's called um, I Still Believe. And it's from the same filmmakers that did um, I Can Only Imagine back in 2018, which was a, a hit movie based on what's probably the most commercially successful contemporary Christian music song of all time. Mercy Me's breakthrough hit. I can only imagine it. It charted on the, on the, on the main billboard chart. It charted on the country charts. Um, I mean, this was a transcendent song and the movie surrounding it. Uh, we just watched it again as a family after we went and saw, I still believe we went and decided after, you know, after dinner, let's watch. I can only imagine the movie surrounding it's really good. And I, we talked about that at the time and it, it goes into Bart Millard, the lead singer and the guy who wrote the song, uh, his life living it with an abusive dad and, and watching, um, uh, how the grace of God literally transformed this man that he hated as he put it into at the end of his life, the kind of man he wanted to end up being when he was older and it inspired uh, the song I can only imagine, and the movie is really good. Now, this uh, this is kind of the same mo from the same uh, filmmakers. Very popular contemporary Christian music song. I still believe not nearly the hit I can only imagine was, but doesn't mean it's not a good song in its own right. It's just saying, I mean, you know, they wrote they they made the the contemporary Christian music version of Stairway to Heaven. Good luck competing with that. You know, um, it's still a very good song, but the movie I think is actually better than I can only imagine. And it goes into the life of Jeremy Camp, the singer and songwriter who wrote and performed the song and uh, his love affair uh, with his college sweetheart that he met on campus at Calvary Chapel out in California. And uh, they got married and her battle with uh, her several year long battle with cancer and that she had had uh, really a miraculous healing 
where right as they're about to perform a hysterectomy to get rid of the the tumors um, on her ovaries, um, at, literally they're they're gone. And they decide to get married, and they think they're in the free and clear, and then the cancer returns. And I, I'm not sure how you know how many of you know the story and how it ends and things of that nature. So on the off chance, I don't know if you know if Lionsgate as a, that's a major studio that distributes this film, but they don't have like their own on-demand app. I don't know if they're going to release this to the iTunes, Vudu, Amazon, Rental World. Um, anytime now, now that you can't see it in theaters anymore, you think it was the number two movie in America last week in its debut. The movie is remarkable. And about once or so a year, I've talked about this before too. I take one for the team. Yeah. Where my wife's not really big on these kinds of chick flicks, but every now and then she likes them, but she's not like, she's not one to like rush out and go see every chick flick. She's, she's most of the time happier going to see a Marvel or DC movie than a chick flick. But if, if one's really good and she hears from other chicks that it's good, she wants to go see it. And so once or so a year, if, if she can't get somebody, another chick to go with her, I buy, I take one for the team and I go. Usually we do it around her birthday, right before football, because her birthday's at the end of August, right before football season. And so I just kind of, you know, that's kind of my, you know, my preemptive down payment with football season about to arrive. That's how I ended up at crazy rich Asians last year. Okay. You're getting soft in your old age though. Cause it used to be a firm once a year. You just yes. said once or so a year. I, There's it, some flexibility. There. there is, there is, there is a little flexibility in there. And that happens when you've got a couple of teenage daughters. So yes. All right. There is a little more flexibility in there. So we all went and saw, um, uh, I still believe, and, and one year, The Notebook was my take one for the team movie. So I have seen that film. And that is a very good movie. Not my genre, you know, but in, but um, in terms of the quality of the storytelling there, it's very, very, very potent. I think this movie is just as good as that. And I, 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 I was like, how is a Christian romance drama going to work? Right? Because... You've got two genres that have trouble with the schmaltz, right? You know what I'm saying? Romance and Christian films have trouble with the, uh, you know, the, okay, that was, I think I, I, I was supposed to find that nice and, and stuff, but it, I don't know, it just kind of had a daydream believer quality to it. You know what I'm saying? It's Davy Jones coming out to sing the Psalms at the end. Um, I, I, so I was concerned, how do you put these two together? And they did it masterfully. I, I was, I, first of all, is it KJ Appa? I think is the actor's name who plays Jeremy camp. I think that's his name. Uh, and Britt Robertson is who plays um, uh, his wife. Their chemistry is like unreal. Remember when we saw, we both loved Batman versus Superman, right? But yeah. we like thought there was like, there's like no chemistry between Amy Adams and Henry Cavill at all. Well, you were, I mean, like, I no. didn't think it was some great Hollywood thing, but you were deeply troubled by this. Yeah, because yes. this is like the great romance in the history of, of fanboy genre, Superman and Lois Lane. And this isn't Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher by any reasonable stretch of the imagination, Amy Adams and Henry Cavill. The chemistry between these two is you... If like if if I found out like in a week they were actually dating or engaged off uh, screen, I'd totally believe it. I mean, the chemistry between the two of them is powerful. Their acting performances of the two of them is powerful. I, I mean, 
I, I was blown away by how good it was. Gary Sinise play is, has a supporting role in the film. Uh, he plays Jeremy Camp's father. Doesn't really do much, but the one scene that he carries is, I mean, I'll just say this. This movie broke me like on three different occasions during this film. I, I mean, on three different occasions, I about grabbed my, my, my phone and, said, and tweeted, I'm not crying, you're crying, okay? <laughs> I mean, this film, even Noah, who's now at that age, you know, at 13, he's the 13-year-old boy, he's kind of like, he's, he's not sure what he's, what, he's, what he's cool to do, but he thinks he's too cool for everything at the same time. You know, the, remember when we were that oh, age, sure. right? Even Noah, when I asked him after the movie, hey, did you think it was good? He goes, yeah, that was actually pretty good. All right, so if you get a chance to see this before your theater closes, and if they bring it out early on demand, I could not recommend it more highly. It is extremely well done. Props to uh, the Irwin brothers and the filmmakers to that film as well. Props to all of you for putting up with us today. We are back at it. We hope again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.